This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. You've probably heard the phrases birth plan or birth preferences. You know, it's when parents-to-be list out how they want the labor and delivery to go. Mine had things like freedom to move around, eat and drink during labor, no Pitocin, no epidural, a vaginal delivery, immediate skin-to-skin. Let me tell you, literally none of that happened. Well, Instagram star and fitness expert Emily Skye also had a plan, and it involved giving birth to her son Isaac in a hospital. Well, that didn't end up happening. Yes, listeners, you are about to hear a very dramatic, unexpected, unplanned home birth story. So I'm screaming, saying, you can't push him back in, he's coming out. This is also a story about resiliency and loving your body for what it's capable of, even when things don't go according to plan. I remember looking in the mirror and I smiled and I looked at myself and I thought, you're amazing to my body. You're, you're incredible. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. Besides Isaac, Emily is also mom to three-year-old daughter Mia with her partner Declan. And even though, yes, Mia's birth took place in a hospital, it was difficult and painful and left Emily thinking she might not want another baby. I just remember going, pull energy from whatever universe and get this baby out. And you're just in this strange state. It's crazy. And this is going to sound bad, but I just wanted to die. It was horrible. And I don't know where it came from, but I became this beast and just (laughs) got her out and um, out she came on my chest and it was done. And I just thought, oh, never again. (laughs) But Emily did decide to try again. This is Me Becoming Mom, where we talk to famous women you know and love all about their extraordinary journeys to motherhood. I'm Zoe Ruderman from People. You sort of said half-jokingly when you were pushing me out, you're like, I'll never do this again. So when did you start to feel like, okay, I do want to do this again? How long did that take? And then tell me sort of what that journey to Isaac being born, when did it start? I think it was only, oh, maybe about six months later, because I always wanted at least two kids. I have a sibling and I just loved the idea of having someone else. It was just what I wanted, you know, I wanted them to have each other. It took about a year to fall pregnant with him, and that was uh, really trying to fall pregnant, like doing everything. I had a watch that would have all my stats and everything, and my it, it would tell me when I was ovulating. I was peeing on the stick to see when I was ovulating. I was just doing everything, legs up in the air after, you know, just everything that I could do, and it just wasn't. Was it stressful? I mean, a year is a long time to be trying and not seeing results. Did you feel anxious? It was, and I would cry, and each month I'd get that negative test. I'd think, oh, I'm a failure. You have those feelings as a woman. You, you, you should be able to have a baby easily, naturally. That's what you feel like, but it's not the case for everyone. So, yeah, I just tried to stay positive with it. But it is, it's a long time when, it's, when you're really trying. Like It wasn't just like, oh, if it happens, it happens. It's like every day, every moment of the day I'm thinking of it. Oh, it's all-consuming. So tell me about when you got that positive pregnancy test. Yeah, actually, I was in Adelaide because that's in South Australia. Declan's family lived down there and we were visiting. And I think my period was due and it was about only a day or two late. So it wasn't like late, late, but it could have been. And I felt different. I felt sick. I'd be sitting talking to my mother-in-law and and then I go, I've got to lie down. I feel like I'm going to pass out and I feel a bit nauseous. And I said to Declan's sister, I think I'm pregnant. And then we got the test and it was a positive 
I remember doing that in the bathroom with his mum. So it was really special and we got to tell her straight away. Uh, which I actually showed her the test and she was just like, wow. But, yeah, it was it was so good. It was so exciting. And, I mean, I felt sick. But when you feel sick and you know why, it makes it more tolerable. Exactly. Yeah, I felt the same way. So I'm really curious to know, had you ever considered a home birth before this? And when you thought of home births, what did you think? I never planned or wanted to do a home birth. I loved the idea and I had friends who did it and I thought it was beautiful. I just, having the birth before, I wanted to have everyone there, one of the doctors and everyone there, if if something was to go wrong, it was just a security thing for me. So yeah, that wasn't the plan. Before you knew you were in labor, what was that day like? And I had read somewhere, I think that you'd been doing an Instagram live, I think, and talking about like a heaviness in your legs and that fans and followers were actually telling you like, I think you might be in labor. So for weeks I was having, uh, you know, the pretend contractions, um, Oh, Braxton Hicks. Braxton Hicks, yes. So I was having those for a long time, actually for months leading up. But I didn't think it meant that labour was soon. I just thought, oh, it's just my body getting ready. But I had a lot of them happening and I had this period pain sort of feeling that would come and go. And that was in literally for two weeks leading up, but it was mild. And then I went to my doctor's appointment. He checked me out. It was on the Friday. And I remember being at the hospital, I went to check out the suite because I said I wanted to go in in the bath and maybe have a water birth. So I went to have a look at it all. And I remember sitting outside the hospital and there's a chair out there that sort of looks out into the trees. And I remember just thinking, oh, things feel like it's soon. And then the day before I was talking to my mum and sister on Facebook chat and I was saying, yeah, this period pain feeling keeps coming And um, I feel like it's going to be soon. And my mum was supposed to be coming up on, so I gave birth in the early hours on Thursday morning and my mum was supposed to come up on the Thursday, which is two weeks before the due date because she was supposed to uh, mind my daughter while I went into hospital. So she was saying, oh, I hope I don't miss it. And then my sister's saying, no, I think you're going to be another week. And I was like, I think it's going to be soon. I feel weird. And I was filming a workout. It was a pregnancy workout. (laughs) And I was doing these sumo squats, which is great for you, by the way. I was doing all those. And then after I was like, oh, I've got this weird ache, like strange feeling going down my inner thighs. And it's just really heavy. But who knows? Like you just, you don't know what means the labor's coming or whether it could be weeks away. You just don't know. But everything seemed like it was slow. So I've heard actually that doing squats is a good way to induce labor if you're close to it. Did you know that? I'd heard it, but I tried everything with Mia trying to get her out. <laughs> and I mean, I was I, I went in the day before my due date, so she may not have been ready properly yet. Now looking back, now knowing what I know, but I was trying everything, you know, the castor oil, like the whole, the whole thing. I was doing everything. I went and had acupuncture done that was supposed to help labour. I went a few times. I was going daily because I really didn't want to get induced. So I was doing everything else. And it's funny because I was doing a maternity shoot the next morning. So I put my fake tan on. I just had my hair washed and it was all nice. I tinted my eyebrows and and trimmed them and had my eyelashes done. I was all fresh. And then next thing was I was madly trying to, because I wanted to encapsulate my placenta. I did it with Mia and I just who knows if it if it works? I have no idea, but I thought I'm going to do it anyway. If it's good enough for Kim Kardashian, then I'm, it's good enough for me. So I was trying to organize getting that done. So Emily, I don't know if our listeners will actually know what that entails. Can you tell me why people do that? So when I first heard of it, I thought, oh my gosh, how disgusting. That was my first response to it. It's like eating your own placenta, right? But it's not like that. They dehydrate it. 
and then they put it in capsules. You don't taste anything. You don't smell anything. It's not gross like what I thought it was. And you just take that. And so apparently it's because your body stores all the nutrients in there and the vitamins. And because it's compatible with your body, it's really highly absorbable. That's the idea. So I was planning to do that the night before because I started having, I had that feeling that I needed to get this done now because I feel like I'm going to go into labour soon. So I was madly trying to organise that. You had to get this tub with the label and everything on it. So I was trying to get it printed and our printer was broken. It wasn't working. So I'm saying to Deck, my partner, you got to get the printer and we need to get this done now. I need to get the label. I want my placenta encapsulated. If it's not done, then they won't accept it. We need to do this. And also I need to get my birth plan into the doctor. So I was trying to get that done and I was just feeling really kind of anxious, like I need to do it. I love that this is like your version of nesting. Like some women, it's like I have to clean the apartment. For me, it was getting all the diapers together. But yeah, like I love that you were like, our printer is not working. I did that too. <laughs> I uh, I was going through the fridge like the day before, cleaning out the fridge, like pulling it apart and outside hosing it and washing everything. Like I, I did all that. I was crazy. And it's midnight by this stage. Didn't get the thing printed. I couldn't get the, any of the forms done because the printer was broken. But um, went to bed and then I woke up and it was like, I think it was about two o'clock in the morning or something like that. And I started feeling like those those feelings were intensifying, that the, the um, pain was getting stronger. And I thought, yeah, this is the start. This has to be the start of it. Well, it wasn't the start. It was probably like more like the middle of it, but I didn't know. So I went to the toilet. There was no uh, bloody show because for people who don't know, you get the bloody show. It plugs the cervix and that comes out before you have a baby or it might happen during. Everyone's different. So I didn't have that, but I kept having those feelings intensify and I thought, okay, go back to sleep, get your sleep and then you'll wake up if it gets worse. And then I thought I should download an app to to track the the contractions just to see how far apart they were. So I got that and they were six minutes apart for like one or two times and then it dropped to five minutes apart. And I was like, hmm, what's the time that you're supposed to go to hospital? So I'm Googling, when do I go to hospital? <laughs> and then um, I, I was messaging my birth coach, the hypno lady that I'd had in the lead up to it, but I didn't want to wake her up either because what if I'm not in proper labour yet? I kept thinking, you know what they say, stay at home as long as you can and don't don't freak out. you got lots of time. So I was like, it's all good. It's all good. And then it started getting more regular and um, – then I thought I'll put my pants on with a big pad just in case my water breaks. I don't want it to go everywhere. So I put that on and then Declan gets up to go to the bathroom and, and he looks at me and I look at him and I go, oh, I think I'm in labour. And he's like, oh, okay. And went to the toilet and goes back to bed because <laughs> I think he was like half asleep. The thing is, before that I'd, I'd said, oh, I think this is the start because you say it a lot. You think, oh, I think this might be the start. So you just never know. So anyway, I, I was going downstairs and going to the toilet down there to see if anything was happening. And I had that bowel release that happens. That happened and it was full on. And I thought, yeah, this I know this happens before labour, so it must be it. And I've had a lot of preparation for this with my breath work and using my breath to get through each contraction. They call them surges in hypnobirthing. So then I'd lean over the bed and get through and then pick the phone up and say, okay, that was done. And I'd say, yeah, yeah, it's getting worse now. And then I said to her, I'm looking at the app and my contractions are two minutes apart. When do I go to the hospital? And she was like, oh, well, you've only been going for like an hour of something. Like it wasn't long. Just wait another half an hour and see how you go. And then the next contraction, it was pretty much the next one. I put the phone down and I was like, <gasps> but loud. 
And it was like the transition and things are really progressing now. And um, she says, do you feel like you need to go to hospital? And I said, I need to effing go to the hospital now. I don't know if you're allowed to swear in here, so (laughs) I was swearing. But it was like straight away, I just knew, I was like, I need to get there now. So Declan was like, all right, let's get everything together. He's trying to get on the phone to uh, my manager and my business partner, Sam. His mother had said if we need her to call her. So Declan called her and said, can you come uh, meet us at the hospital because we're going to go in now. And things just went, it was just nuts. And where is Mia during all of this? Did she go back to sleep? Was she awake? Was she around? No, she was awake. So Declan had her, um, I think at that stage I'd gone downstairs and I was like every minute around about that, I was hunched out, like getting through the contraction. And then I went into our lounge room onto our couch and I had the undies on the big, like granny undies with a huge pad. And Mia came over to me and I, I went over to get through this contraction, like leaning over the couch, kneeling. And I started going, get my undies off. I've got to get them off. Because I just had this feeling there was this huge pressure down there. Get them off now. And Declan's on the phone trying to get someone to come and mind her. And then he was, then the next thing he was trying to get an ambulance because I said, you've got it. Like he's coming now. I was just screaming at he's coming now. Did you have any emotions besides just like going into action mode? Were you panicked? Were you nervous? Um, I didn't really have time to be anything but get what needs to be done, done. Like I was so focused and zoned in on it that I just knew, I was like, get the undies off, he's coming. And I, I knew the positions because I sort of had practiced. I knew that being upright and hunt and over like that was better because of gravity and everything. Uh, another thing I was concerned about though was Mia was um, facing the wrong way when she was born, which made her get stuck, they, they think, that because she was facing the wrong way. It was just an awkward position. And she didn't tuck her head either. She had it arched back. So all I was thinking was every scan that I'd been to, he was in the wrong position as well. And not wrong. I shouldn't say wrong, but he wasn't in the ideal position. Oh, so he was posterior, like facing up. Yeah. Yeah. Posterior, not, not breech, but, but posterior. So spine along my spine. Um, but yeah, he wasn't in the ideal position. So I was concerned about that, but I also was thinking, trust your body. So I'm hunched over, um, kneeling over on the couch, getting through this extreme contraction. I'd got my undies off. Mia's jumping on my back going horsey and I'm going, get off. I feel so bad, but I just, I needed her to get off because I thought he was about to come out, which he was. And just at that time, I sort of got her off and I was knelt down. The water broke and his head was pushing out and the water the amniotic fluid went everywhere. And it was like the movies. You know, when they say it's not like the movies, it's not a lot of water. Everyone's different. It can be like the movies. There was so much water and blood and just just everywhere. It was full on. And Mia's screaming because she's just thinking what's going on with mummy. And then I think Deck had walked back by this stage because he was was on the phone in another room because I was so noisy. They couldn't hear, right? And he comes back and he's on the phone and they're saying to him, can you see anything? Because I kept saying he's coming out now. And so she said to him on the phone, lay back, get Emily to lay back on her back and see if you can see anything. And I was like, he's half out. So was Declan on the phone? Like, had he called the EMTs or had he called your version of 911? Yeah, the EMT, our version is triple zero here. So he'd called um, the ambulance and was on the, on the phone to the EMT officer. 
Um, and she actually happened to live up the road from me. It was so strange. We figured out later. So yeah, she had said, check if you can see anything. Can you see his head? And I'm thinking his head's half out. So he's on the phone checking and he's like, yeah, I can see his head. It's, it's, it's coming out. And then she says something to the effect of, put your hand there. And I thought that she had said to push his head back in. So I'm screaming, saying, you can't push him back in. He's coming out. And obviously I'm getting these intense contractions that you can't control. I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but when I was going through that, I didn't choose to push and I didn't have to push because my body was just doing it anyway. So I just was like, it's doing it. I can't, I can't stop this from happening. So they'd, she was trying to make sure later I found out it was to stop his head coming out too fast where it could be dangerous, he could hurt his neck or coming out onto the floor. It was just a bit of support. But I was just thinking, no, he's, he's trying to push his head back in. What the hell? Um, and then the, the ambulance officers arrived when his, I think his head was almost fully out by that stage. It was the most extreme thing that I've ever been through and fast. It was an hour and 45 minutes, the whole labour. But I think I was in a, a early labour for a long time, which is why it happened so fast at the end because my body was gradually building up to it. Um, but the ring of fire, wow, that is a ring of fire. It's like a bowling ball on fire trying to come out. And I just, I thought, oh God, he's facing the wrong way. What if he gets stuck? But I was like, no, go with it. Your body can do this. And then, um, the ambulance officers were there. There was a male and a female and the female had never delivered a baby. She was new and the male had, but he let her sit there so she could get experience, right? Which is fine. And so she's sitting there and she says, okay, push, he's nearly out. I said, I can't, very calmly, I said, I can't push right now. My body's not not contracting. I have to wait. So we waited and I said, okay, it's coming. And it was like, ah, like a beast, beast sounds again. And then um, when he came out, she got him and then put him on my chest and he was facing up. And I remember saying, because he, he was sort of going like, that choking because the amniotic fluid's all in his throat. And I said, roll him over, put him on my chest. I was demanding. I was like, roll him over. And I was trying to make sure it was all clear. And um, I just remember him being on my chest and all I was thinking was my legs, because you got this adrenaline going through you that's so extreme that you'd go into the shakes. So I was like, shaking. And um, I couldn't hold my legs because I'm on the ground, right? On the floor. It's not comfortable. And my legs... That's all I was thinking, please, I kept saying, please, can someone hold my legs? So anyone who's, who's with someone giving birth, hold her legs, please, support her legs. Um, and then the next thing was, there's blood and stuff everywhere, it was a nightmare. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Where exactly in your house were you? And like, were you on a carpet? Were you on hardwood floor? I'm just trying to sort of picture the whole scene. It was floorboards and it was in front of the TV and we had lounges and there's sort of a little play area for Mia. So she had one of those, you know, those tiny little couches that fold out. It's like the kids ones that turn into a bed and then you can make it a couch. That was behind my head. So I managed to lie back on that. And then just under me was like a play mat thing. That had to be thrown out. But the the company that sent me, they actually were really generous and sent me, it was beautiful, 
um, the playmat thing, they saw that I'd birthed on it. So they sent me a new one, which is really sweet of them. That's amazing. And where was Mia during all of this? Did she stay for the whole thing? Did she freak out and run away? Dex said that she was in the corner of the house screaming and crying and shaking, the poor thing, terrified. So he ended up picking her up and I don't remember anything else that was happening around. I was just in that moment. But um, I do remember because we've got photos straight after because my friend slash manager slash business partner's mum had come over because Deck had said, hey, don't go to the hospital, just come straight here and you can stay here with Mia. So she walks in, I'm on the ground blood and everything's everywhere. <laughs> and she's like, wow. So she she said she was really honoured to be able to experience that because it was really special. But she came in and she said, Deck, take a photo. So she took the photo that I ended up posting of me on the ground, like in shock, like what just happened, and also took a photo of him and he's holding Mia and he's just like, whoa, <laughs> like the face on him. It's, it's hilarious. And he said too that when it was all happening and no one was there yet, he was just he was concerned about the baby and he said, I wasn't worried about Em because I know that she's strong and she could get through it, which I feel is a really great thing for him to say. Like it really made me feel like he had confidence in me and and I felt strong. And so after it, you got to birth the placenta and they said, okay, we're going to give you the syntocinum, which is the artificial oxytocin that gets things moving. And then it, um, it makes the placenta sort of detach and come away and you birth it and it causes contractions again. Um, and it also helps with blood loss, apparently. So I had bled a lot. I lost a lot of blood. I kept saying, because I wanted it all natural, right, no intervention. I said, look, if if you have to, I'll have it. But if we can wait, can we just wait to see if I can do this naturally? Because I know I can do this. And um, we ended up getting prepared to go into the, the ambulance to go to hospital. And in the ambulance, they said, look, we're going to have to give it to you now because it's been like this long, whatever it was. It was like maybe 15 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever. And I said, can you just give it like a, a few more minutes? You can get it already, like put the needle in and everything, but just just see because I, I feel like it's coming. And then I said, okay. So I imagined the placenta coming away. I had my eyes shut and I was doing the deep breathing and releasing and then it happened within like 20 seconds and that's when it came out and it was massive. <laughs> but I felt really proud of myself that this time I was able to do it naturally and yet it was a wild birth and it was scary but I felt really empowered and and I just thought yeah I got to I got to do it I got to experience quite the contrast with the births. Oh that's incredible. So then it was you and the baby in the ambulance and did Declan come in the car behind you? Did he meet you at the hospital? Yeah so he sort of did the handover with um, our friend who was there to mind Mia and got some things together. Because I had just had a T-shirt on, all I was thinking when I was getting wheeled out was, I'm going to be like pretty much naked at the hospital. I've got no clothes. And I was like, Deck, get some undies and some trackies or some pants or something for me to wear. <laughs> so like I arrived at the hospital, I'm like half naked. And because I started cooling down, then I was freezing. So I'm like shivering. <laughs> and they had the hot blankets. And when I went to the hospital and I got stitched up because I tore everywhere um, and got checked out and everything. You go to have your first shower, which is quite messy, but you go in there and um, and I remember looking at myself in the mirror and you still look pregnant, but things are saggier. So your tummy's saggy and it's sort of all hanging. And I remember looking in the mirror and and I smiled and I looked at myself and, and I thought, you're amazing to my body. You're You're incredible. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. You're beautiful. And if I ever feel any sort of hateful feelings towards you again, 
I've got to snap myself out of it because it's amazing what I went through. And I got into the shower and I was had my hands on my tummy and I was just like, thank you, thank you, body. And I felt like I could do anything. I, I really felt powerful and and I've never had hateful feelings towards my body again. I have feelings of, oh, you know, I wish my tummy didn't come out like that because I have bloating issues and there's things like that, but I snap myself out of it. But that's why I focus on how, like, my body keeps me alive, what it's done for me, what it's done for my babies. And any time that I start feeling myself slipping into those negative feelings or comparing myself to other people, other people who have had babies and two weeks later they're, like, back in, in shape and they look amazing – Every time that I feel like I'm going to compare, I stop myself from doing it and I just remind myself of what my body does and it really does help me sort of get through everything and and just be grateful for it. So I feel so empowered. Oh, I love that so much, Emily. It's so special. What do you think the biggest misconception is about labor and delivery and birth in general? I think there's so many. I think the biggest would have to be that you're not a failure if, you, if it doesn't go to plan. Like if you have this idea of how you want birth to go, like you're really attached to no intervention, you're not a failure if it didn't happen. And that's why I sort of don't like the planning. I like the feeling of being positive and knowing, hey, I can do this. But if things don't go the way you would ideally like them to go, then that's okay too. So I feel like no matter who you are, no matter what your birth is, you're still as amazing as the next person, as the next woman. Like we are all incredible and we're all so strong. It's it's very difficult, but so worth it. So Emily's home birth of her son Isaac wasn't part of her plan. It was unexpected and scary and ended with an ambulance ride to the hospital. But it's really important that if we're talking about home births, we also talk about how safe and comfortable and for some women, even preferable home births can be. In this country, unfortunately, the conversation around positive home births doesn't happen often enough. And in my opinion, women are too quickly directed to hospitals and interventions and C-sections and so on. And by the way, all of those things are totally okay too. Hey, I went to a hospital, I had interventions, I had a C-section, and I'm happy I did. All that said, I was really excited to hear from two midwives who are pros at home births. We are Sarah McClure and Charlie Zarasinski, and we have Hearth and Home Midwifery in Portland, Oregon, Southwest Washington, and the Columbia River Gorge. The experience of giving birth at home is wildly different than the experience of giving birth in a hospital in terms of the relationship that people get to have with their providers. When we do arrive at the labor, people are seeing familiar faces and we know them. Like we know what their humor is like and we know what brings them comfort. You know, does this person like to be touched or not? What is this person's unique emotional or psychosocial history and how can we best show up for them for who they are as a as a whole person? That alone I think creates a greater sense of safety for people, emotionally speaking, and just through, you know, the throes of labor when you're working really, really hard to be able to have providers who know you and truly care for you and that you know as well. It's your house, right? So you get to do what you want to do. And that could be a lot of different things. Like some people really just want to cuddle with their partner and their sweetie for like a lot of their labor and be in their own bed, 
their own pillow with their dog there with their like, you know, with their nose rested on their leg. Definitely other children can be present. They can be in the water birth tub, of course, in the shower, going up and down stairs. So any like movement or comfort measure that's going to work for that person is available to them. And it's also the absence of like what is not, like it is not unfamiliar lights. It is not unfamiliar smells. It is not beeping. It is not like people you don't know who have a shift change every 12 hours. Um, and also the sense that you can hear other people on the on the unit who are making noise and the nurses on their break outside and all of that, like that's just not there. So it's so much more serene. So many people are really incredible candidates for working with midwives and planning a home birth. People who are doubtful of that, I encourage them to ask a midwife, to still inquire and to ask a midwife who is the professional who does home birth to do their risk assessment as opposed to somebody who practices maternity care in the hospital setting because providers who work in the hospital just do a different type of risk assessment than those of us who work in the home setting and understand our own scope. It's actually really clear from the data that we have as good outcomes for newborns and babies and better outcomes for moms. That was Sarah McClure and Charlie Zarasinski. They're both certified professional midwives with hearth and home midwifery in Portland, Oregon. That's it for this episode of Me Becoming Mom. Next week, we're delivering another amazing story about a long road to motherhood. I talked to Senator Tammy Duckworth, who made history by becoming the first U.S. Senator to give birth in office. And that was after a 10-year journey that involved delaying pregnancy after being shot down in a helicopter, IVF, loss, and more. Maybe I have no right having a baby at 49 years old. Who am I to jeopardize this child out of my own selfishness as an older woman wanting to have a child? I'm Zoe Ruderman with People. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast is produced by People in partnership with Pod People. Special thanks to our production team, Andy Kubis, Jason Mack, Brian Rivers, Elisa Sessler, and Suzanne Semeloff. Our executive producers are Lauren Mickler, David Flumenbaum, and me, Zoe Ruderman. Thank you so much for listening.